Number one, I, I, I want to say something tonight to the church, amen. I want to try to be a blessing to this local church, if I could, if the Lord would enable me and permit me to do that. Let's read the first chapter together. We'll pray, then, then you can be seated. Bible said, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you all in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and your patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, uh, ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with uh, joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner in, uh, entering in we had unto you, how that, we, how that you turned to God from idols to serve the living and the true God, and to wait from His Son from heaven, which He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come." Amen. As far as going to read, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come tonight, we want to thank You, Lord, for the privilege, God, we have to pray. Thank You, God, that we can bow our heads and uh, make our petitions, Lord, known to Thee. Lord, I appreciate, Lord, the opportunity to be in this church. And I appreciate, Father, Your goodness and Your grace and Your mercy to us, allowing us, God, to gather together in the house of God tonight. Lord, I do appreciate, Father, the opportunity the pastor's given me to stand uh, and share a little bit about the burden and the need there in New Mexico. Uh, but, Lord, I have a great task before me this evening. I, it, it, it's come upon me that I might preach the Word of God tonight and help this precious congregation. Uh, but, Lord, I know within the energy of my flesh I am incapable of doing anything. So, Lord, I pray for the next few moments that You would enable me to preach in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. I pray, God, the Word of God would fall on good ground. I pray it bring forth fruit. God, may we be like young Samuel and say, Speak, Lord, Thy servant heareth. God, if nobody else needs help, if nobody other families need help, certainly I do. Certainly my family does. And I pray You'd help us tonight in the Word of God. Do what You want to do. Encourage the saints. Well, thank You in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank You for standing. You can be seated. Now as we, we come to this letter, we, we're really nobody, I don't think, here tonight's in the dark about where we're at in our Bibles when we come to the letter of the Thessalonians. We understand this is a portion of the Word of God that we know as church epistles, Paul is writing to this local body of believers. Now, he's giving them instruction on how they're to operate, how they're to function, how they're to carry out matters in the house of God and outside the house of God. And I want to 
say this tonight. If there's ever a day that the church of the living God is needing instruction and exhortation, I believe it's in the hour in which we live. I Listen, there, there's, I don't know how it is here in Knoxville, but I know how it is where I've served in the last 10 or 15 years or so. It seems like it's very difficult to get people to understand how the importance of the church in their lives and understanding how important it is that they find their role within that church and carry it out for the glory of God. I want to say to you, we're living in, we're living in days when doctrine is deteriorating. Amen. I said, John, over, flip over and read the Word of God and said, Till I come, I give attendance to exhortation and to doctrine. Amen. I, I want to tell you, folks, nowadays don't want to hear the truth. Uh, they just want to go someplace and be entertained. Uh, how about I want to say, if it's ever been important, doctrine is important in 2015. Amen. I want to say, we're living in days of deliberate defiance. Never before have I seen a day like today when God's people that know the truth, they've heard the truth, they've said her the truth, they're walking away from it in an alarming way. Amen. I, 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 I would say this, and I think I would be right in saying that there's probably some pews here how they used to be occupied by good godly people and some way, some something happened and they walked away from the old time way and went to a liberal church where they're not even preaching truth. Now as we come to this letter, we know how that, that or as we study, if you study your Bible, you'll find that this church is known as the model church. It, uh, though they had their problems, though uh, they, there seems to be at times there was some division among these believers. The Bible tells us, look at it with me. Uh, see if I can find it. Verse 7 of chapter 1. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. So this church served as an example to other churches in the community. Wouldn't it be good if this church and my church in Socorro would be the lighthouse that the community looks to and says, man, I want our church to be like that church. I want our people to be like that people. And I think there's some, I think there's some instructions that'll help the church in this letter, in this difficult hour in which we live. Write these down if you're taking notes. Number one, I want you to note the practice of this church. Look in chapter 1 and verse number 6. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Let me say this. They received the word of God. So many times nowadays a man of God will get up, he'll study, he'll pray, he'll fast, he'll meditate over the message, get up and preach his heart, pour his heart out the congregation, and it just goes over their head. I've heard them say, man, oh, we so and so been by that. Amen. I want to tell you something. When your man of God's standing up preaching, he's not just preaching to be preaching. He's not doing it to exert energy. He's not doing it so he can break a sweat. But when he preaches that book, that's God speaking to you. And you ought to receive it, not as the word of the preacher, not as the rulership of the pastor, but you ought to receive it as the word. 
so many times in our churches, the pastors look back as the good old guy. And rightfully so. A little bit I've talked to your pastor. He seems like a good old guy. Amen. I like good old boys, but he's more than a good old boy. Amen. Listen, don't never allow him being friends. Don't let him. You're at your friendship. Get override that he's your pastor. That's your man of God. That's your preacher. And he stands up and breaks the talking to you. You know what you ought to do? You ought to receive it and say, that's the Word of God. That's for me. That's what I need. That's what my family needs. So say, well, that's just old Brother Weber. Amen. I don't know anybody here. I didn't know him until a month ago. We've talked twice on the phone. This, let me say that. They received the Word of God. Now, now it's interesting. I, I want to get off of this. It's interesting. You go to Matthew 13, that parable of the sower, and all those different grounds that it was sowed on, how three quarters of that fell on good ground or on negative ground. Three quarters of the Word of God that went out fell on negative ground. I wonder how many times we come to church and the man of God gives us what we need and we do not receive. Mm. Look at this right here. Look in chapter. One verse three. Remembering without ceasing, here's a bad word in the Baptist: work of faith and your labor of love. They were a working church. Amen. They labored. They worked. I know. I know that's not popular in the society we live in. In the society we live in, nobody's got any time. You're busy. I understand that. You got to work a job. Job's gone in light of eternity. What's going to matter is what you've done for Christ. Uh, how involved you've been in the work of God. Uh, I would say you ought not uh, listen, plan the church around your activities. Let me make sure I say that right. So many people, uh, they'll go on vacation whenever they want to. They go on vacation whenever they want to. I uh, live their lives anyway they want to. Never look at a church down you ought to position yourself. Uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, revolve your life around the church. Amen. Sounds like most of them do. Praise God for it. If this church is going to be what it needs to be, if my church, somebody asked me, come out and he said, well, Brother McKinney, it's amazing what God's doing out here. Out here in the desert, 90% Catholicism. Hell, you knock on their door and ask if they go to heaven. They say, I'm a They won't let go of that Catholicism. God's allowed us to see a number of folks say He's planted a good work there where God's honored and God's Word is honored. They say, how do you do it, preacher? Is it your preaching? Y'all know the mouth, not my preaching. Amen. Several weeks ago, we had, or several, almost I didn't want to sign another two-year lease. And it was running out, and I just kept pushing. Let's work, church. Let's work. We've got to work. We've got to be busy. Let's work, work, work. And, man, I get them out there and work on them. They say, man, our pastor's a slave driver. He won't let us go. And uh, we had some visitors come in on Sunday morning. We're just playing around the location, spending that money to have a building there. We 
church. And uh, we had some visitors come in after the service. I said, keep praying about a building. We need a building. And the family approached me after the service and said, Preacher, we know where a building is. There's a building down there empty. Ain't nobody here. Called them, went down, looked at us, and man, this is wonderful. Church building, full basement, classrooms, a basement, full kitchen, fellowship hall, about an acre and a half of property. I said, man, we'd like to have this. What do you got to have for it? He said, if you're going to use it for a church, you can have it. You say, why didn't God do that? I'll tell you why I think God did that. Because we work very hard. Amen. Work hard. And I want to encourage you. I'm not saying you don't. Just keep it up. Let me look at verse number 8. I've got to move on to my next point. Number, verse 8. There's about 10 or 12 truths just in chapter 1, but I don't have time to deal with all of them. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God would spread, so that we need not to speak anything. They were mission minded. Not only did they have a witness in the community, God had planted them in. They reached out into other communities. Amen. Listen, I know we're living in days of financial calamity. I know it's difficult at times to give by faith. Listen, if you want God to bless this work or any work of God, you'll do that by helping missionaries get the gospel around the world. Amen. Go to chapter 2. I want you to look at this. Notice the preaching of this church. The kind of preaching this church is built on. Look in chapter 2 and verse number 1. For yourselves, brethren, know our interest unto you that it was not in vain. For, for even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God, which much continued. I want to say this. They had strong preaching. Amen. They had a man of God that would stand up and preach boldly and boldly proclaim the truth out of the Word of God. Amen. You ought to thank God you got a preacher that preach a book. Amen. Instead of somebody that's doing it for a paycheck, somebody's worried about what somebody's going to say, you ought to thank God for straight preaching. You know what these young people need in here? They need preaching. Look, look at this. They, not only strong preaching, but look at this. Chapter 2 and verse 5. He said this, For neither at any time use we flattering words, as you know, nor, nor a cloak of covenant. God is witness. Not strong preaching, but it's straight preaching. Amen. He didn't tiptoe around the tulips and, and tell them what they need to hear. Can I tell you what kind of preaching my family needs? How uh, many times? How did it make a decision? How did that motivates us to go on for God? That's the kind of preaching we need. I don't need no somebody to tell me how good I am. I don't need to tell somebody to tell me how sweet I am. I need somebody to get up and reprove and rebuke. Amen. And tell me if I'm wrong, tell me when I'm wrong. By the way, two-thirds of preaching is negative. Reprove and rebuke. If you don't get... Them old timers say, Man, he's stepped on my toes. If your toes don't get stepped on, something's wrong. Every now and then. Amen. Preaching. We need preaching. 
Then, let me say this, it was sensitive preaching. Look in chapter 2 and verse 7. I want to get to Paul's prayer. Chapter 2, he said, we were gentle among you. There's times that we need to be encouraged. There's times that you need to be uplifted. Can I say you're not going to get that outside the, these four walls? You're not going to get that at the schoolhouse. You're not going to get that on the job, but you get it at the church. Look in chapter chapter 3. Notice the, the prayer that Paul prays for this church. Look in chapter 3. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get done because I don't want to keep you long. Chapter 3 and verse 10. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So he wanted them to grow in their faith. What they was lacking in in their Christian life, he wanted them to to get a hold of those truths or get a hold of those practices that could help them go forward in their Christian life. That's why that church, this church is here. It's here that sinners might get saved, but it's here that saints might get discipled. Amen. It's here that you come and and you grow in your faith. Look at verse 11. Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. Now I don't know if you're seeing it here, but I'm seeing a whole a, a whole lot of pattern of unity in the future. Amen. I'm talking about people that's been friends for years, all of a sudden they're they're drifting apart. Amen. And, and sometimes it's more difficult to keep unity in a crowd this size than it is a church that has thousands because y'all know each other, you're close, and you love one another, and you know each other's well. Our personality quirks, and you know each other's faults. And if you're not careful, you'll let the devil drive away. It's interesting when you turn to 1 Corinthians, there's a church that had, had a man. You had you had those that was confused doctrinally. I mean, they they and talking in tongues, falling out the floor, and, and, and men saying saying they had the stuff. They had a multitude of problems. You know what Paul dealt with first? Hey, me, I dealt with that man that had a moral issue. That I was acting immorally. Out with another family. I'd have dealt with this issue first. So maybe I'd have dealt with the doctrinal issue first. But you know what he dealt with first? It's interesting that he dealt with the vision first, but because he knows how real it is. Let me say this: you need to work hard to love one another. Amen. Work hard to love one another, and that your love for one another will grow every week. Relationship grow and blossom, and so you commit together and do more as a unit for the glory. Amen. He said, "Let it grow." Then he said, "This and and let it grow toward all men, and toward uh, even as we do." Paul said, "This you all love people like I love you." 
That, you look at, the, look at the letter, the affection that the Apostle Paul poured into these letters when he was writing this church. He's pouring his heart after this church and he's giving his life for the church and he said, you ought to love others as much as I love you. What if we, what if, uh, well, I don't need to say that. But, but could we work on our love toward one another? I know our church could. Look at chapter 4. I want to get to this. Chapter 4 and I'm done. Right now I've got one more and I'm going to deal with it. You have the the practice of this church. Several things in chapter 1 they did. About 10 things they had. Chapter 2, the preaching of this church. There's about four or five little truths there. You look at that when you get home. Paul's prayer for the church. I want you to look at chapter 4 of this promise. This promise to the church. Nobody get excited, all right? Verse number 16. Verse number 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, or a voice of the the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be at the Lord. Wherefore, He's instructing them to labor. He's instructing them to love. And not, not towards their mother. He wants to encourage them. Why do you need to work hard at it? Why do you need to try to do better? Why do you need to let your faith grow? Why? He's king, but he's not. Oh no! If me and you done what Obama's done already, we'd already be in a federal penitentiary. Let run that rabbit right there, praise God. If you voted for him, come up tonight, we'll pray for you. He's coming, thank God. We better get busy. If there's ever a time there need to be urgency deep in our hearts. When's the last time that you beg God in light of these truths and lie the Lord's getting ready to come back? When's the last time you poured your heart? When's the last time you knocked on the door and you come to sleep and you wept with them trying to wail to God? 
Amen. What about that? He's coming. Go out there, not do nothing, not accomplish anything for the Lord. I don't want to stand before him and he say, You could have done more, you could have done better. I'm going to kind of burn my candle at both ends, trying to do all I can, what I can. I resolve this holiness, get busy for him. Let me say this to you. Maybe somebody here not saved tonight. This thing's winding down. Amen. I, we're, we're preaching people, people, Brother Weber, has sat in church 30 and 40 years and they still don't know for something. Amen. They're holding on to what mama's got and what daddy's got, some church baptism, some membership. And really, deep down in their hearts, they don't know the God of heaven. I'm going to tell you something, what happened to me that night? I, I got saved by the grace of God. He moved in. And there's never been a bound. Somebody said, Preacher, I just don't know. If somebody so big of the Holy Ghost moves in, you'll know. By the time we have Brother Tobin's house, it won't take just a few minutes, he'll know I'm there. And if somebody as big as the Holy Ghost moves in, you'll know it's Well, I just don't, I don't understand seasons of doubt. I understand battling the devil. Hey, but God, the Holy Ghost will give you assurance. I wonder, I wonder how many folks in here could boldly stand up tonight and say, Preacher, if my heart would be, if the rapture took place right now, thank God I'm going to heaven, been saved by the good grace of God. No doubt in my mind, no fear in my heart, I know I'm going to heaven. I wonder how many of you could say that, but how many of you say, might say, I just don't know. You know what would be good? Amen. Hey, he's coming, church. I want to encourage you. I appreciate what you're doing. you got a testimony. All around this country, preachers, this is a good church. Just keep up what you're doing.